San Marino outlet experience. Welcome to the Euro What, episode 184 for the week of February 27th, 2023. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. In this episode, we'll be wrapping up February talking about Eurovision hosts and a stealthy Super Saturday. How's it going, Ben? It's good. I feel weirdly energized by yesterday's and today's heats. Having a nice week in the middle of just three things was was good, was restorative, I'm ready to go. I completely agree with that. This was a super Saturday. There was a lot of stuff going on, but it really didn't feel like it. Kind of felt like it towards the end of the day. Thank you, San Marino and Portugal, but we will get into that. Yeah. (laughs) There was like a a certain light entertainment quality to San Marino that made it great background while I was actively making dinner. The stakes are so low since it's all internal and we'll get into the the nitty gritty of San Marino shortly, but just going to get caught up on some of the Eurovision logistics news that dropped this week week, they have announced who will be hosting Eurovision this year. They will have three hosts for both of the semifinals and then a fourth host added for the grand final. So in the semifinals, the hosts will be Hannah Waddingham, Yulia Sanina, and Alicia Dixon. Hannah Waddingham is an actress and singer. She's probably best known right now for her work on Ted Lasso, which she won the Emmy for Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy. She's also... Wait, I'm reading through our notes here. It's like a Ted Lasso, Spamalot, Shame Nun. She's the Shame Nun? Yeah, she's the Shame Nun from Game of Thrones. Ah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> she is definitely the the name of the three that immediately jumped out to me. I also saw that she apparently had thoughts on Twitter about Suri's performance years ago. So she's clearly part of the Eurovision family immediately. She knows what she is talking about. She's not just being dropped in because she's a name. So that is very exciting. Yulia Sanina is part of the Ukrainian band The Hard Kiss. They were the runner up in Vidbeer 2016. And they're also doing a North American tour at the end of March. Uh, She has also been a judge on X Factor Ukraine and so kind of has that reality experience. I think that's going to be a good match there. Alicia Dixon, she was part of the group Mystique, uh, which are you familiar with the song Scandalous? So, so, so scandalous. It's ringing a bell, but also I couldn't hum it for you if you... Yeah, yeah. So, like, as soon as I saw this, I just kind of started screeching because, like, as I was starting to come out in my youth, going to drag shows in Cleveland, there was one performer, I believe her name was Shari Turner, and her gimmick was to mix whip cracks into songs so that when she whipped her hair, it would sync up with the music. So it was just, like, really done to effect. And, like... Like one of the first songs that I saw her perform was Scandalous, which is like exactly the sort of song that you would want for that kind of atmosphere. So uh, yeah, I was very giddy about that revelation because I, I had no idea. Alicia has also won Strictly Come Dancing. She later became a judge on that show. She's also been a judge on Britain's Got Talent and on America's Got Talent, The Champions. So more US exposure there. So 
people coming in from the U.S. side will probably recognize some of these hosts. That's pretty awesome. And then joining them on the grand final night will be Graham Norton. He's been their Eurovision commentator since 2009. He had a cameo in the Eurovision movie. I think when you think of UK Eurovision broadcasters, Graham Norton's probably the first person to come to mind after Terry Wogan. Yes. He's also going to be commentating in the grand final along with hosting. He's going to be tag teaming with Mel Gidrich. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. That seems like a lot of work to do. A lot of running back and forth. Yeah, just a lot of noises off backstage running around. Where is that movie? Eurovision Movie 2, Noises Off. Along with the hosts, the BBC announced that they are going to be producing two documentaries in the lead up to Eurovision. One is called The Greatest Show on Earth, which is going to be highlighting 25 reasons why Eurovision is the best, and also what's been happening in the contest since the UK last hosted 25 years ago. It feels like it's kind of moving things in a more positive direction. There's a potential for snark here, but I think they may be trying to avoid that. The other documentary is called And the Winner Isn't, which is going to be a look at acts that managed to find success despite not winning Eurovision. I'm hoping that will be available stateside or possibly through methods. That sounds like that could be really interesting. We're still waiting on tickets win information. They keep hinting that that's going to be coming shortly, so hopefully there's an update on that in the next week or two. There was an announcement that they are making a certain number of tickets available to displaced Ukrainians, which is awesome, and that further information about general tickets will be available soon yay yeah we had a handful of selections filling out the roster this week yes but also a surprise drop it's very eurovision that you either have these very regimented things or just all of a sudden there will be a tweet gird your loins australia is happening tomorrow nothing in between just feast or famine Anyways, Australia dropped on Tuesday, and Voyager is going to be representing them with Promise. Voyager are the runners-up from Australia Decides 2022. They won the televote, and they have been trying to represent Australia since Australia joined the contest in 2015. So it's really nice getting to see them get that opportunity. They are clearly fans of the contest, very excited about this. It's also worth noting that 2023 is the last year of Australia's current Eurovision contract. They're not going to kick out Australia, do you think? Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think they're going to necessarily kick them out. Uh, they moved from doing Australia Decides to an, to an internal selection this year. I'm wondering what level of interest Australia has. I'm wondering if the person who's going to be at the negotiating table more is Australia. Like, do we want to keep doing this? Do we want to keep participating or do we want to just keep showing Eurovision? What do you think of Promise? It gets a little bit further into Imagine Dragons territory than I like, but overall, I like the whole ambiance of the song. So my first exposure to it was the music video. Something that often happens when my first exposure to a song is the video. If I don't like the video, I think it just kind of negatively colors the song for me. Like On my first listen, it's like, ugh, what is this? But uh, when I was pulling audio clips and listening to the song, it's like, okay, I I can see why people are excited about this one. And I think I just need to sit with the audio 
track a little bit more. When the official premiere is a music video, I try to have one of my first listens be without having the tab that has the video actively in front of me. Mm, That's smart. I like what they're going for, and this feels like it has a lot of really good arena potential. Yes, especially once they whip out the keytars. Yeah, yeah, also, also, yeah. I like that it's really threading the needle of being tongue-in-cheek, like, once the keytar comes out, I'm on board. The one thought that I haven't really been able to shake since first encountering the song is it really does feel like a lot of countries looked at Bulgaria last year and thought, me too. And <laughs> and, and that's kind of been guiding a lot of the decision-making process. That's why I'm glad I, I had like a couple of lessons without the video, because the video is really screaming intelligent music project. The overwhelming number of bands, which really, if there were more than two, that feels like that might be like an overwhelming number. But yeah, it's just like, it, it's a lot. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how all of these bands are able to kind of separate themselves from one another for all of the intelligent music project comparisons this is very open to i think that they are mining a fresher sound than intelligent music project was yes it feels a little bit more relevant so yes saturday kicked off with finland bess one of the runners up from last year's umk opening the show with her song rom pom pom that song has done gangbusters like i think it's been song of the year in finland like it was the biggest hit to come out of last year's umk Ben, i think you tweeted that this really felt like the appropriate way to open the show rom pom pom was on my playlist from the second it debuted the overall show was really good yeah fin- like finland that really is... knows how to produce an awesome national final <laughs> not a bad entry in the bunch the overwhelming winner was Korea with cha 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 It was not close at all. Cha-Cha-Cha won the jury. Three out of the seven international jurors gave him 12 points. And it got 53% of the televote. So could have gotten zero points from the jury and would have easily sailed through to Eurovision. Ultimately getting 46% of all available points. I was looking at the jury scores and going, well, clearly this is the winner. Like if it's one with the jury, there's no way this song didn't resonate with the audience. Looking at the numbers on screen, there are at least 400 points unspoken for because there's like 800 something points going to the televote. So yeah, it's happening. That was fun to watch and just how how into it the crowd was what do you think of this song i have fully made this song my personality in the last 24 hours (laughs) i have listened to this song like at least 20 times yeah i was looking at the youtube numbers and it had about 262,000 views last i checked and i'm almost certain i was responsible for at least 2,000 of those (laughs) those are mine thank you i did that look at my impact this is staged so well like it just feels like a jrpg boss fight he's the boss and then the two sets of the ballroom dancers are are just like the the little mini guys that you have to knock out of the way so you can get the points in on the on on karia it is so well thought out and there is a wonderfully sinister energy to the cha-cha dancers i 
found myself going into the media studies place of this, just like the sort of thing that I did with like Hattori's entry and Incorporate Sano last year, and just like really dissecting every single choice that is happening in there. And it's just like, okay, if you need me to write like a 10 page exegesis on this, just give me an afternoon. I'll have it on your desk by the end of the day. <laughs> like it's, uh, yeah, there's just so much to dissect from this entry and the lyrics. And oh, I, I'm so excited about this entry and how it is going to go off in Liverpool. Oh, I am so excited. This is the first entry of the season where I'm like, I need to get my outfit in order. The one note that I have is that I'm worried about the people in the fan zone area in Liverpool. This could turn into a full-on mosh pit, and everybody's going to be really happy and excited, but I'm just worried that somebody's actually going to get hurt uh, from from that excitement. Because, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be like what Moldova did last year and how the audience went bananas for that. This is going to cause the room to go nuts and cannot wait to see that the level of walking around my apartment after things were done yesterday just going cha 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 like it's only gonna intensify from here like i'm just i'm just so thrilled this is my horse in the race it's so exciting to finally have something we're giving off winter vibes helsinki 2024 it starts here i'm just so excited about this one Mm -hmm. (laughs) also happening on saturday Una voce per San Marino. So many voces. So many voces. Too many voces? Yeah. I was looking at the results earlier today. They had 22 acts in the final. Well, there were supposed to be 22. One person had to leave because they had a sore throat. Uh, (laughs) And did you watch any of the show during the week? Absolutely not. You know, life is short and a lot of these are not going to get through. But like they had the second chance round on Friday. Only four of those second chance ones even made it into the final, and only one of them made it into the top 10. I think that one finished in like sixth place, somewhere really not high up. So probably not bother with the second chance round next year and try to streamline things a little bit. You could have a 15 song final. We had the week's worth of things, but before the week's worth of things, we had like the DMV line of people auditioning. Just pick 10 from that. Overall, I thought it was a really fun show. I, I I feel like they did have choices from the field that they did end up selecting. They did not pick the one that I would have chosen. I very much like the thing at the end of the very long lineup with the accordion that was really trying to get their moves on, but it's really hard to do that with an accordion strapped to your body. Every time that they would reprise the phone bit, a part of me died. <laughs> Because I'm like, guys, this, this this bit isn't working. But San Marino is completely surrounded by Italy. And in Italy, we have written the bit. So we will do the bit. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with the ghost lady that kept walking on stage and staring blankly as the host was just talking at her like i it was really putting my italian skills to the test and i could sort of follow what was going on i mean we need to have something happening on stage while sunita is doing a wardrobe change and there were a lot of those but she looked great in all of her looks she looks she looks fantastic (laughs) excellent work sunita you were the only person allowed to do a beatles medley this year Mm -hmm. when we were talking about uno voce per san marino last week on the show i thought but then did not say something along the lines of and while everybody's in san marino they can stop by the outlet mall not realizing that this was going to be held at the San Marino Outlet Experience, an actual mall in San Marino. <laughs> that is the thing that I think I am most happy about this entire Eurovision season. It's just like, oh, there really is a mall there. <laughs> and it's and that it's called the San Marino Outlet Experience. <laughs> this, this is the Tanger Outlet Center of Europe. 
When I was in Italy last year, it's just like tr- trying to see if get- getting to San Marino was going to be a possibility at all. Because like, who knows? I may never make it back to Italy. I would like to get San Marino like checked off the list. Zooming in on Google Maps and just seeing what sort of things popped up. The San Marino outlet experience did not come up in there, but there was like a giant ropes course that seemed to be the centerpiece of the Google Map. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Like, so, right. so ropes course, outlook experience. Valentina Moneta's Airbnb. We've got an afternoon planned. I'm I'm thrilled. So <laughs> the other thing I did like during the show was the the gay men's chorus performance of of Adrenalina and Stripper. Mm-hmm. But again, just like Cindy, just sort of showing up throughout the show was just a delight. Yeah, she wasn't really hosting all that much. She was just really kind of there as like backup, which was which was great. Like I I, <laughs> I love mm-hmm. I love this gig for her, and I hope it continues as long as they do this process. Book her as quickly as you can. She's a busy woman, and you need you need that energy, San Marino. So our winner is what on the night was pronounced as. Pika Jacks and Like an Animal. Jacks is an Italian band, and they apparently played Milwaukee Summerfest last year. That blows my mind. Yeah, I was going through their Instagram page just because, like, I try to follow all the artists, and yeah, I was just kind of scrolling through their images, and just like, wait, American Family Insurance's logo is on this photo. What's going on here? And like, digging that up, it's like, oh, huh, all right. So they have a little bit of a footprint in the U.S. They also uh, had a date or two in uh, Los Angeles, so it's like, all right, like the neat. This would not have been my pick of of the night i'm pretty sure i had this one playing in the background because there were like two or three other shows that were happening at the same time so i was kind of like bouncing back and forth and it was just like oh another band i'll catch up with this one later so in the context of the show i don't know how i really feel about it yeah the video that they have on youtube is the video from san marino and like it wasn't the best acoustic space that they were in <laughs> not the best audio of it right now so I'm, I'm waiting for it to actually get released as a studio track so i can give it a fair listen but it's fine it's another band it's, it's another yeah. band and like it kind of feels a little bit like it's reheating some of what akile laurel brought last year apparently san marina just real horny at least the lyrics are it, it doesn't have that written like narrating looking at a wall at the hard rock cafe uh, i believe that's how you described it <laughs> yes yeah like it is slightly more co- more coherent i'm not sure if that's better or worse if they can somehow work roberta into their yeah, stage performance yeah, like, I like, think yeah, yeah we're gonna get to like five san marinese performers from, from now and they're gonna still have roberta on there because like we paid good money for her in in 2022 and we will be getting our investment back thank you the other selection that happened this weekend came from Poland, and that happened Sunday morning. The show opened with a performance from Stefania. She did Last Dance, her 2021 entry, and it was followed by Kalush Orchestra performing Stefania. Both are spelled the same way, so I'm wondering if there was a mix-up with the booking. Has Poland hired Mr. Bean? We have booked Stefania. Yeah, the whole booking situation was really kind of random. Effendi was 
was there for some reason. It was a good performance of Matahari, but I yes. don't know if there was like particular <laughs> but, significance in Poland with that song. I yeah, but, but also just like why? Why is she here? Yeah, yeah, because like Poland was not receptive at all to that. ESC Bubble tweeted out that Matahari finished twenty sixth with the Polish jury in twenty twenty one. Ha! And then uh, Polish televoters gave Matahari zero points. So. I'm guessing she just happened to be in town and that's what happened. I don't know. Is she seeing family? Is she doing like a business thing? Is she signing a record label deal? Maybe she's just having a fun vacation and they saw her on Instagram like, hey, do you want to do your song? And like pulled it together. Notice that we're talking a lot about the interval performances and not the actual performances because man, oh man, what a shambolic <laughs> national yeah, final. Those were those were certainly <laughs> 10 songs and they were performed by artists. I think it's generous to say that all 10 of them were songs. I'm trying to be nice. I'm kind of glad I got to witness Booty live. I am so upset about that performance. The song is ridiculous, but listening to the studio track, it's like, okay, you could have a lot of fun with this one. But then you see the live performance and uh, what, what, what's her name? Alana? Uh, Elena? Um, Alea? Yeah, Elena. Elena. It really seemed like she lost a bet or there was some sort of harebrained scheme that got out of control because she did not want to be there. She No, no, uh, no, <laughs> no just like actively did not want to be there. Loved her lack of energy. Go girl, give us nothing. I was so disappointed. Like, I felt betrayed by that. Because, like, oh, this could have been such a fun performance. Like, not necessarily a winner, but, oh, yeah, just go ridiculous. Like, she was wearing this fringe dress that was reminding me of Viva Cantato from 1969. It was, like, that sort of, like, tassel fringe. Like, any sort of movement, it's just going to go wild. She managed to be completely inert. <laughs> that happened. She has two backing dancers that clearly like knew their job, had had shown up, were going hard in the paint for this song. If you had told me that we were watching footage of mapping out the eventual performance, I would believe you, but it was live television. <laughs> there were some parts where she just wasn't even singing. Like it's like she did not want to be involved. Maybe she really did not want to win and have that commitment that follows this, but Oh man, that was that was just truly wild and sad, and I'm 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 going to be stewing on it for a little bit. Like <laughs> it was the level forward. of energy I expect from the Moldovan audition process, not an actual final process. <laughs> if she had been reading the lyrics off of her phone, I think that would have been an improvement. Like she could have turned around and read them off of the video screens that were behind her because they were just right. Like it was karaoke for really all of the entrance. Like ugh. none of the staging was great just a lot of putting the performer's name on the background i think what was most frustrating for me there was a lot of interval performers which is fine but the interval performers were making it very clear that the audio issues were not from the studio because you had sarah james performing flawlessly she is eligible for eurovision 2025 it would not surprise me if poland sends her there was also roxy who had done very well on poland's the voice who is actively eligible for eurovision as a performer and yet is not in this lineup yeah yeah it was a very strange produced show but it did have a winner the winner was Blanca with her song Solo
if I do plan a tropical vacation, I need to add Warsaw to my list of places. I don't know. <laughs> like this, this song sounds very unexpected coming from Poland with the like whole tropical house, what it, have you. Weirdly, it doesn't surprise me. Years ago, and I want to say even far as far back as like maybe 2017, Margaret was in the mix for Poland with Cool Me Down. And that either did not get selected or did not make the final or somehow, but like it got released. And it's a really great pop song. And Margaret goes on to go to Melfest a couple times and not get anywhere near the final. This is the Margaret we have at home. In 2017, that was au courant. That was, that was of the moment. That was great. And now it's just like, oh, you guys are doing this in 2023. Okay. The one thing it has going for it, it's not a band. I'm very excited about that. There were a couple of bands that were in the mix. I'm just like, okay, pull in, just pick, pick something different. So like yeah. already has a major point of distinction. Although like her name is Blanca. There's Blanca Paloma in Spain. Too many Blancas. Too many Blancas. <laughs> I don't think Blanca Paloma wants to be Blanca P. So one of you need, like, we need a different Blanca. The thing I didn't love about this performance, it felt like it was leaning really heavily on the backing track. When she did her winner's reprise, I thought that was a much better performance. And I think yes. part of that was also because she wasn't doing the choreography along with it. So yeah. it could just be a case of choreography and singing. She just doesn't have that in her skill set yet. She does have a couple of months. So I yeah, think that's trainable. I think this has potential. Like, I, I don't think it's a great song. Feels very disposable. But I think just given the fact that it's not a band and there's time to kind of fix some of this stuff, it has a shot. Not a great shot, but a shot. Yeah, does it feel like a contender to me? No. no. Can they improve it by, by May? Absolutely. And like, it's going to stick out because it's not a band. I believe she's in the second half of the second semifinal. So it's be like, oh, finally, a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Bringing it back full circle with another sort of gird your loins, this one's coming. Switzerland announced last Monday that their artist is Remo Forer. He won the Voice of Switzerland in 2020 amongst the, the names dropped in the This Is Our Person press release, Ed Sheeran, Louis Capaldi, James Arthur, uh, having clicked through a few of those voice performances. Those are the songs he performs. And the song will debut as, as our next episode drops on March 7th. Yes, so it's going to be a while before we actually get to talk about it. Looking at the photos accompanying the press release, I feel like Switzerland is like, no, we are serious. Boys do cry. <laughs> we will continue to send sad boys until morale improves. John's tears was a threat. So that's all that happened with actual selections this past week week getting into the processy stuff melfest had their final regular heat i guess the main thing to discuss is lorene's performance because oh man so much stuff happened yes <laughs> i don't recall this happening at melfest before but there was a stage invader during lorene's initial performance it was somebody from a climate change protest group that also invaded last year's Idol finale. There was an article in Afton Bladet about the situation that we'll have linked in the show notes. And apparently there have been climate protests in Malmo all this week. Malmo is where this week's heat was taking place. So it all kind of converged. Not to give notes on how to do a protest, but maybe not in a song that is very darkly lit and not getting on camera. Honestly, good work, like scoping out, yeah, we need to do it during Lorene. That's when everybody's going to be watching, correct? 
uh, unfortunately, should have watched a little preview video of what the lighting situation was going to be like. Yeah, lighting situation, camera situation, because all you could see at home was somebody, I think it was a banner they were holding up. It was just kind of in the corner. And you could see in Lorene's eyes that she could see that there's somebody on stage who's not supposed to be there. But like the home audience just really doesn't have a sense of what's going on. And then like the music stops. The camera is just kind of zooming out. We've already pulled to like a wide shot of the arena. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps slowly pulling farther and farther back. And it's like, okay, this is really weird and and kind of scary. You could see the person getting yanked off the stage. And it looks like Lorene was never in any actual danger, but it's still unnerving. Really, the host's fantastic job in transitioning in that moment because they had a lot of time to fill as everything got reset because Lorene's performance had a very elaborate setup. Had a panini press. (laughs) Oh, I've been trying to figure out how to describe it. I had landed on trash compactor, but I much prefer panini (laughs) press. That is so much more respectful. (laughs) Uh, No, no, uh, credit to someone on Scottish Twitter for calling it a cheese toasty machine. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So obviously this was not a scheduled thing, but it's just like, oh, okay, uh, give me a microphone. Let me talk to somebody in the audience. Oh, here's this, like, I don't know what they were doing with that. It looked like an everything bagel, but it was probably more like a seated Kaiser roll or something. Mm-hmm. But that sandwich looked disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, just like props to the hosts. This is the sort of thing you trained for. It's like, okay, guys, let's vamp for time. They did it perfectly. I, I, yeah. I was so impressed. One more thing that I want to give props to. SVT for not trying to hide this the way that Eurovision tries to hide unpleasantness. I was not watching this live. Same. When you're watching on the SVT app, they have all of the performances as chapter headings. And really the only way that they kind of obscured this was the chapter heading began at the real performance, and which was much, much later than uh, where it would have been uh, if it had been at the invaded performance on the SVT app. You could see the entire situation play out. Tattoo ended up winning the heat, which really came as no surprise. Like, I don't think this was a sympathy vote situation. What do you think of Tattoo? I feel like we're going to be talking about this more than once, uh, if, if you catch my drift. It feels like it's going to win for Sweden. Like, it would not surprise me if this is what Sweden chooses. I don't know. It's fine. I would like to see a performance that does not use the panini press. It feels like Sweden's doing the, oh, we brought our stage from home thing yeah, that I, yeah. it just feels rude. Like, <laughs> like uh-huh. it's just like, oh yeah, you invite me to a dinner party, but I brought my own sandwich. Like, you know, yeah. uh, my own panini. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's not euphoria. It's it's a different thing. I have various other bits of Lorene's discography and various playlists, and they're fine. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's doing anything new for Sweden. I fully expect it to be what they select just because it's Lorene and because it's a great narrative of, oh, can she do it again? I don't think she can do it again. I think it will do very well if it goes to Eurovision just because it's Lorene and it has momentum. But I would like to see something a little bit more dynamic. Sweden needs to look at what Finland is doing with UMK. Because like UMK is one tight show of seven phenomenal entries where any of them would be delightful on the Liverpool stage. And Sweden, we it is week four. and There were too many good choices in this week's heat, I would argue. They should have spread those out ac- across the other three. I think the four good ones did manage to get through. I agree with you that Sweden really could zhuzh up how Melfest works. They are, they are doing lots of incremental changes, but they need to do larger, bigger changes. To highlight which ones did go through, Smash Into Pieces also made it 
it direct to final. Which it is fun to watch Sweden go through their Linkin Park phase. Yes, it's another band. Kiana and Mariette are going to be in next week's semifinal, which it's called the semifinal. It's not Andre Shansen anymore. No, it's it's Andre Shansen. I'm sorry, Sweden. This is this is not a Czechia situation, or if it is, you need to you need to give us like five years. They are changing up how the semifinal works this time around. Instead of it being the kind of arbitrary dual setup, it's just gonna be the top four on votes that are going to advance to the final, which will be taking place in two weeks. All 28 of this year's Melfest entries are available for streaming, so you can really start picking your favorites now. It's going to be Lorraine. But yeah, I feel like Sweden is going to pick the thing that has the most staging. I would like to know how they package the Panini press up to send it over to Liverpool. I would like to watch that five-minute extra on the SVT app. Yeah. (laughs) Really, it's going to be all of the waivers that have to be uh, be signed for all of the safety concerns, because... Yeah, like it, it is kind of scary. Like it, it starts off in the pressed position. Please know that I just mentally imagined IKEA instructions for assembling it. Just the, just the pictographs, and it just made me smile. That's enough yelling about Lorene for now. There'll be more in two weeks. Iceland had semifinal two of Song of Kepnin. When the songs first came out, I gave a listen to all the studio versions, and I was kind of eh on them. The live versions have been much better, which is good. These are supposed to be live songs. Going to the final from this week's Heat or Siga, that song really wants to be Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. Yes. Oh, I was trying to put my finger on it. And I couldn't quite do that. But yes, I agree. It wants to be that song so bad. I'm not sure it gets there, but it was it was one of the clear choices for me this week. And then the other one, Longi Selly Ogskugumnir's song, OK, was also a lot of fun. I'm blanking on the name of the genre that this is. Rockabilly. Rockabilly. Why is that word so hard? Um, <laughs> because it's a terrible, terrible word. <laughs> I mean, yes. Anytime that Eurovision reflects American Americana back at me it's kind of weird but I really liked the rockabilly energy of that like that was that was fun and if they want to have some of the same energy as sister last year it's not a bad choice it, it was the other clear choice for me of of the five they showcased rockabilly really does not do it for me it takes me back to the Brian Setzer swing dance craze of the late 90s and being like, no no thank you why did we do that in the first place yes I thought overall this week's semifinal was a lot stronger than last week's and i think i would have been happy with really any of the choices going through i was very surprised by what was selected as a wild card because i thought it would have come from this semi-final it did not it did not no uh celebs are through to the final so despite the silence in the arena <laughs> yeah yeah despite me specifically saying i don't think they're going to get the wild card well i was wrong about that good night Ugh. <laughs> the dodgeball of prophecy has, has, has thrown its <laughs> ugly head again <laughs> we will get to see how that changes at all for next week's final so we have siga uh longi selly delia and bragi and celebs <laughs> That's a nice varied selection of things, some of them more Eurovision-y than others. But I, I'm I'm very intrigued to see how the voting shakes out. And which ones will be performed in English instead of Icelandic. And maybe that's where celebs will shine. Maybe the English version will pop a little bit more. Iceland, they they give their artists the option to perform in, in I mean, the first performance needs to be in Icelandic. There is generally an English version of the songs, although OK is going to be in Icelandic. And then the others could just be some sort of hybrid by the end of this. So we'll see. The 
Other semifinal that took place closing out Saturday was in Portugal. The Festival de Canção kicked off. It started with 10 songs, and the original plan was for five songs to advance with a combination of jury and televote, and one more advancing as a wild card based on public vote alone. However, one of the phone lines had some tech issues, so the uh, group that was affected by that, Esse Povo, they got to advance to the final as well as a make good for something that was absolutely not their fault. So seven out of the 10 acts advanced this week, which is um, very unfortunate for the three that did not advance. It's like, ooh, that, that's, uh, yeah. Like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the acts that advanced was Claudia Pascol. Yeah, she represented Portugal in 2018, so she may have the chance to represent them again. Next week's semifinals should be a lot of fun. Barbara Tinoco, who was in Festival de Canção 2020 with her song Passe Partout, which was my favorite that year. She'll be in the mix. Edmundo Inicio, who was a contestant on The Voice of Portugal, and Ivandro, who was on Portuguese Idol, will also be competing. So hopefully the tech issues get resolved. Otherwise, there's going to be more than 13 songs in the final for Portugal. That's going to be a very late night to end selection season. Uh <laughs> Regardless, even if they had just 10 songs, Portugal likes to run long. Indeed. And looking ahead to the rest of the week, we have a nice little bumper crop of things happening. The Netherlands is releasing their song on Wednesday. Serbia's semifinals are Wednesday and Thursday, with that final happening on Saturday. Cyprus is releasing their song Thursday. Germany is having their selection on Friday. And Moldova is having their selection on Saturday. Oh, man, that's... a very chaotic weekend uh. <laughs> it is oh yeah it's real chaotic uh poland was kind of a mess today but i feel like germany is up to the challenge of reaching that level of chaos moldova also like waiting in the wings and just be like all right uh, let, let's see what can happen it's gonna be another busy weekend and i think that's going to do it for this episode of the euro what thanks for listening your what podcast is hosted by mike mccone that's me and ben smith that's me. You can find show notes, our socials, and all the info you need about selection season for Eurovision 2023 on our website at eurowhat.com. If you'd like to help support the show and access a ton of bonus content, head on over to patreon.com slash eurowhat. Next time on the Eurowhat, we'll have even more entries to discuss as we head into the final weeks of Eurovision selection season. <laughs>